Hi, I'm Ella Sean, reluctant romance writer and host of Enchanted Beast Podcast. Welcome to the Enchanted Forest. I have exactly 30 minutes to read on my Kindle. After that, I'm buckling down and getting to business. You ever heard that saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions? Well, stick with me today on Enchanted Beast Podcast and I'll take you down the slippery slope into distraction hell. Welcome to Enchanted Beast Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. I'm Ella, and I'm excited to be back with you guys. Okay, distractions. Why? Why do I succumb to the distractions? I don't know. That's kind of what this whole podcast is about today. I promise you, I always tell myself I'm only going to read at a certain time right? Times when I'm not busy writing my books or cleaning my house or working on my podcast or writing for my blog or cooking or spending time with family and friends or exercising, right? I'm only going to read when I have a moment of downtime. Two problems. I never have downtime. And I, I think I may have an addiction to reading. Honestly, I read between five to seven books a week between my e-readers and and my hard copies. And in most cases, that's like, oh yeah, you go girl, good for you, you well-read chick. Only problem is, that's all I do. I spend a really huge chunk of my time reading when I have so much more that I need to be doing during the day. So... I find myself asking the questions, what is my e-reader really keeping me from? And when I face the fact that it's keeping me from writing my own books, cleaning my house, spending time with family and friends, working on my podcast, writing for my blog, cooking, exercising, it kind of led me to a couple of other questions. Why am I allowing myself to be so easily distracted by my e-reader? And what am I trying to avoid or escape in this distraction? One of my focuses for 2019 is intentional living or living on purpose, right? So I've come to realize the importance of knowing the intentions or the purpose for or behind my actions. I know that the intention or purpose for or behind my actions are a whole lot more important than the action itself. And it's just now, you know, making sense to me, right? That what you do isn't nearly as important as why you've chosen to do it, right? What's compelling you, what's motivating you. And so if I'm allowing myself to be distracted, right? Then there is a purpose for for that allowance, right? Now, figuring out what that purpose is, what my intention is for for allowing myself to be distracted, honestly, um, I, I think it it's more difficult than just saying, I don't feel like writing, or I don't want to clean up the kitchen, or everybody in this house can cook for themselves. I think it's a little more difficult than, than assigning something like that to, to the intention. So here are my good intentions. 
And I'm serious, like I'm not even playing. Like we all sit down and we have these great intentions, right? So here are my good intentions. Read for only one hour a day. Um, read outside of the genre I write. Limit myself only to free and Kindle Unlimited books because I also have my Nook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, make reading my lowest priority. Those are my good intentions when it comes to my largest technological distraction. You would think social media would be it. It's not. My largest technological distractions are my e-readers. And so here are my good intentions. Read only an hour a day. Read outside of the genre I write. I write adult contemporary romance. Limit yourself only to the free books on Nook and the Kindle Unlimited books that, you know, you pay your little money for every month so you can, you know, borrow them and read them. Um, and make reading your lowest priority. Here's my inevitable... <laughs> Here's my inevitable road to hell. I, I, it's ridiculous. I'll stop reading when my phone dies because I read on my, my Kindle app on my phone a lot. It's at a hundred percent, right? So I'm like, oh, when it dies, I'll stop reading. My phone's at a hundred percent. How am I supposed to write in the genre if I don't read at least three romance novels a week? Guys, I love romance novels. Like, in any genre of romance, I love it. Any of the tropes, I love it. I eat it up. And I'm like, yeah, justification. The first in the series, or duet, or trilogy was free. Or they had it in Kindle Unlimited. I read it. But the second book, and the rest of the series, of course, I have to pay for. And I can't not know what happens, right? If I read first thing in the morning, then I'll have the rest of my day to do the really important stuff. Like write my own books. Go back to A. I'll stop reading when, when my phone dies at 100%. So you see, it's like... I really set these intentions, right? My intentions are to limit my time with my e-reader. But then, you know, I, I start sliding into hell. Um, it's slippery, that slope. And then, of course, I'm in hell, right? But it's really not so bad. At this point, this is how my mind is working. Oh. So this is distraction hell. Well, it's not so bad. My phone died five minutes ago, thankfully. I have a fast charger, 10 minutes more, and I'm back at 100%. I don't think this detective novel really counts as romance. I mean, not really, okay. So she marries the guy she's been sent to bring in, but it's mostly crime drama, mystery, thriller? what the author's other novels are like. I'll just buy this box set. Just the one box set for, for this writer. Oh my God. I've been laying in bed all day reading this damn book. Guess I'll go ahead and finish it. Looks like pizza for dinner. Guys, this is me. I'm not, like, I wish I was lying to you. I wish I was um, exaggerating and saying all of this. But I'm so serious. Good intentions, my inevitable slide into hell. I get to distraction hell and I'm like, hey, it's not so bad. And then, hell, it's so much worse than I ever thought it could be. So, so much worse. I haven't written anything in six weeks. My phone battery exploded. 
I've read so much rom, rom-com, rom-drom. I don't ever want to hear about another thrusting pelvis or throbbing cock again. I've blown all of my Justin Case money on books. Sorry, Justin. And my children have become gourmet chefs in the absence of their mother cooking dinners for them. Okay, well, maybe that part isn't so bad, the fact that they've learned how to cook. But, well, you see what I'm saying is, right? It's like I have great intentions, and I'm not going to allow my reading addiction, my e-reading addiction to take over my life. And I mean it when I say it, too. But then I, I, I get started, and I say I, I'm going to prioritize. I'll do it first thing in the morning, and then cut it out, and boom, 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 boom. But I just, it snowballs out of control. And then I just, like, I'm, I'm wallowing in hell, and I'm liking it, right? It's okay until it's not okay, and I realize how horrible distraction hell really is. And then I'm like, what are you doing, Ella? Why are you doing this to yourself yet again? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest because that's what I do, right? I'm going to be honest with you. I have an extremely stressful life. Um, I really do. And I know I'm not by myself. I mean, shoot, every woman I know is stressed out. Every woman who has a, a family is stressed out. Every woman who has a career is stressed out. Every woman who has a career family is stressed out. Every woman I know, a single woman with no career and no family is stressed out. Women are stressed out. Why? Because, well, you know why, but that's not what this episode is about. We'll get to that later. But I, I'm stressed. I have a very stressful life. I have three children. I have a husband. I have a guinea pig farm. I have a, an aging dog. I have a host of other responsibilities. I am stressed. But I don't like acknowledging the fact that I have a stressful life, right? Because I'm this peaceful guru, optimist, you know, get those chakras aligned and ooh, everything's spinning. I'm clutch. I don't like acknowledging the fact that I do have a stressful life. And one of the ways I deal with it all is simply to avoid the reality that stress exists in my life. I know. I know. And I would be a complete hypocrite if I, you know, didn't acknowledge this whole situation about myself. But it's my truth. I sometimes avoid the fact that I do have stress in my life. But then, you know, reality bites you where it bites you and forces you to take a gander at what's going on. And I'm, I just become overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my God, what the world? <laughs> Are you serious? It's kind of like when you have a large laundry room with a door, right? And so... You can just, you know, put dirty clothes in there or you have a bunch of clean clothes in there and there's baskets all over the place. You got clean clothes and baskets and dirty clothes and baskets and it's just, but you shut the door and nobody knows what's happening in that laundry room. So it doesn't really matter, right? Until you go in there and you've made the decision to clean it up and it's like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming. You don't know where to start. You don't know what to do. So what do you do? You shut the door and you go and have a glass of wine and you get your e-reader and you start the process over again. Okay? I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. But really, it's overwhelming um, my responsibilities and my aspirations. And then, you know, once I'm sitting there kind of realizing how overwhelmed I am with everything that's going on, I start to feel inadequate. Like, God, I, maybe I'm not enough to do all of this. Maybe I don't have what it takes 
to manage a busy household, to, you know, be a professional writer, to launch a podcast. Maybe I don't have what it takes to build a brand and, and to build an empire. And so these feelings of inadequacy are difficult for me to to deal with because it's not my default setting. I'm really optimistic. I'm really positive. I'm really confident. And so whenever I get to this place where I'm overwhelmed and feeling inadequate, I I need an escape. I need to I need to to kind of find some place where I can feel safe and lick my wounds, right? And, you know, I find the best escape in my first love, which is books. So do you see? Stress leads to avoidance, leads to feelings of being overwhelmed, which leads to feelings of inadequacy, which forces me to find an escape and the only safe haven I have. My e-readers. Okay, maybe I'm being super dramatic, but in all honesty, that's exactly how it works out for me. I do have a stressful life, and I don't like acknowledging that my life is stressful. Um, because I just, I don't. I want to be able to handle everything and still maintain my positive, upbeat, optimistic, you know, approach to living but the truth of the matter is life is stressful and I I need to learn how to acknowledge it I guess I don't know well that's the how that's that's the how I get into oh my god hell is so much worse than I thought it was right that's how I get there but I really, I really need to explore why. Why is it that I prefer distraction hell over life sometimes? Because that's really what it boils down to, right? It boils down to me preferring to bury my head in an e-reader and stay in distraction hell as opposed to dealing with what's happening in my life at certain times. And that's intentional. Like I intend to stay buried in distraction hell. And that's like, ooh, girl, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you purposely allowing yourself to be distracted from your life? Well, I kind of had to look at two things, how I feel and what I emote, how I feel and what I emote. I'm going to, give me, just stay with me here. Give me a minute and stay with me because it will make sense. When I'm feeling stressed, it's because something has caused me to feel that way. And so I'm going to call that a trigger. Um, when I feel stressed, normally it's because I realize I can't control everything. I can't control uh, circumstances and situations. Um, like those things out of my control, and it causes me um, a level of stress. And when I feel stress, I will emote irritability. Right? Sometimes when I'm stressed, I'm very irritable. That's my state of mind. I'm irritated. And what am I avoiding? When I'm all irritable and cranky, I, I avoid asking for help and I avoid relinquishing control or even admitting that I don't have control, right? So when I feel stressed because I realize I can't control stuff I want to be able to control, then my state of mind is, is one of irritability. 
And I just stay there because I don't want to ask someone to help me with something. And I certainly don't want to cede control or acknowledge that I, I just don't have it, right? When I feel overwhelmed, usually it's triggered by holding everything inside. Because I, listen, I hate the idea of someone looking at me as being weak. That drives me bonkers. And I don't know that I've always been this way, but I know after I was diagnosed with lupus and subsequently other autoimmune diseases and narcolepsy with cataplexy, I refuse to let people coddle me or tell me what I couldn't do or what I shouldn't do because I didn't want to feel like I was less than because I developed autoimmune issues, right? So I get overwhelmed because really I'll hold everything in. I'll take everything on myself um, because I don't want to ever appear to be weak. Now, that's how I'm feeling, is overwhelmed. But I have a very apathetic state of mind when I become overwhelmed. Like, I'm just like, forget it. I don't, I'm not doing anything. I don't feel like doing anything. Um, and I get physically tired. Like, I'm lethargic, right? My mind is lethargic, and I don't want to do anything. And I know that I'm avoiding uh, doing the hard work of letting myself be vulnerable. Because I just... I don't know. And that's something that I'm focusing on in, in the podcast this season is uh, finding strength and vulnerability. Because for me, being vulnerable is like, well, I may as well just put a target on my back and go out, you know, and, and tell everybody that um, it's open season on hunting Ella. That's how I feel about vulnerability. So I know what I'm avoiding. And when I'm feeling inadequate, the trigger is usually everyone needs something from me. And I think I can do it. I mean, I want to be able to do it. I want to be able to give everyone who depends on me or requires something of me, I want to be able to meet their expectations. I want to be able to meet their needs um, because... You know, I'm not only, you know, a writer and podcaster and blogger and I'm trying to build this brand and all this other stuff. I'm not only a, you know, a business person. I'm a momager. I have a family. I have a husband. I have children. I have pets. I have, you know, extended family. And people look to me for advice. They look to me for comfort. They look to me for leadership. Like, you know, I know I'm the backbone of my family. And so if I can't meet the needs of everyone who depends on me, I do feel inadequate. I really, really do. And I hate that feeling. And it puts me in a very aloof state of mind, right? Because I become very standoffish. <laughs> like, shoot, if I can't do it, if I can't, meet the needs and I am not going to admit that I'm not enough to meet everybody's needs and expectations so I just kind of become very aloof you know and I know I know I'm avoiding disappointing the people who depend on me and I'm avoiding having to say no I can't I can't do this at right now or anymore ever in my life or yours. <laughs> I know this, but even having that knowledge, even understanding this, it's crazy, right? I mean, not crazy like lock me away, but crazy like chocolate for water, crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I know this intellectually. I know what this is. I know why I do what I do. And I know why I intentionally allow myself to be distracted by my e-reader and why I allow myself to intentionally 
um, descend into the bowels of hell. But I, it's still crazy that I do it. Here's what's so crazy about it. There's this huge difference between what I feel and what I emote. You know what I'm saying? Like, most people use those words interchangeably. I feel tired today. I feel sick. I feel grumpy. You know, I'm I'm emotional. My I'm emotionally grumpy. Right? So we, we feel and, and our emotions, they're like synonymous for most people. But they're not. They're two different words and they mean two different things. Right? Feelings. An emotional state or reaction. A belief. A vague, irrational one. The capacity to experience the sense of touch, a sensitivity to or intuitive understanding of. That's the definition of feelings. Emotions. A natural, instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. So, how do we, because, you know, you hear it and you're like, wait. Read that again, girl. Say it again, Ella. Here it is. Feelings are an emotional state or a reaction. They are an irrational belief in whatever emotional state you might find yourself in. Whereas emotions, they are an instinct instinctive state of mind. So that's a mental state of mind. The relationship between emotions and feelings. Okay. You can kind of measure emotion, right? That's quantifiable without the vague or irrational connotation associated with feelings. I'm apathetic. Apathy means I don't feel like doing anything. You see what I just said there? I don't feel like doing anything. My state of mind is apathetic. I have absolutely no get up and go, no gumption. There's nothing in me that wants to do anything. And because it's my mental state of mind, I'm not going to do it, right? That's something that is, it is what it is. I'm, I'm apathetic right now. Whereas feelings are more or less a sense of that mental state. Okay? So mentally, I'm apathetic. I am unable to convince my mind to get up and be active. Like my mind will not allow my body to get up and be active because I'm in a, an apathetic mental state. So I feel like doing nothing at all. I feel lazy and tired. So if it was just me being lazy and tired and not apathetic, then I can override lazy and tired. Right? So my feelings are just kind of a sense of what my emotional mental or my emotional state of mind is. They're kind of different sides of the same coin. And if we look at it that way, if we look at emotions and feelings as different sides of the same coin, then emotions would be heads and feelings would be tails. Why does it matter? When you're in a self-created distraction hell anyway, whether or not you're emotional or you're in your feelings, Ella, well, because we're talking about intentional living. 
we're talking about the intention behind the action. The act is not what's important. What you're doing isn't important. It's why. Why are you doing it? What is the intention behind the action? And so we flip the coin. Heads, we win. Tails, we lose. Remember, emotion is heads. Tails is feelings. Let's flip the coin and see exactly why we are allowing ourselves. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to pull y'all in with me. I'm trying. Is it working? Are you guys like, oh yeah, we do allow ourselves to get distracted by our e-readers. I don't want to be by myself in my addiction. Okay, fine. I'll go back to me. Flipping the coin. I need to figure out why. I allow myself to wallow in distraction hell. And I need to understand my intentions, right? So I flip the coin and I land on tails. I'm in my feelings. And what are my feelings again? Remember, my feelings are, um, I, I feel stressed, I feel overwhelmed, and I feel inadequate. I'm in my feelings, like legit, right? When I'm dealing with my feelings, I stay in a cycle of emotional turmoil where the only way out is in. In my e-reader. <laughs> Any place I can escape my feelings in something that can distract me from what I'm feeling. Feelings aren't rational. There's no rhyme or reason for any of it. You know, and I always would tell my girls or anybody I was talking to, I'd always say, yeah, we all have feelings, right? And it's important that when you feel a certain way, that you acknowledge that feeling. You accept that you feel that way in this moment. But then release that feeling. Don't, don't hold on to it because there's no rational reason behind it. So yeah, I got this feeling. I'm feeling a little stressed out. I accept that right now. But I need to release that and deal with my emotional state. Only working through my feelings. Only allowing myself to acknowledge and deal with my feelings pushes me towards seeking an escape. Because my feelings tend to be irrational. I have a vague sense that something is weird or wrong or whatever. I have a vague sense of my emotional state but I'm only dealing with that vagueness and my feelings, right? And that's a lot. So I just, I want to escape that. I want to escape it. And how do I escape it? I escape it with my e-readers. And shebang bang. <laughs> but let's flip the coin again. And now I'm on heads. Heads, I win, right? Dealing with my emotions will give me a clear perspective and allow me to make clear and sound decisions. Decisions in line with my good intentions, no matter what's happening in my life. That's the thing. That's the thing, okay? It's like I have my life set up with all these great intentions, and then I get caught up in my feelings, and my feelings full of irrational um, connections I get senses of this I mean you know I'm, I'm it's just very vague and I get caught in my feelings and then my feelings tell me girl just go read your book you don't need to deal with anything right now 
You can't. You can't deal with all this stuff. Get in the bed, pull out your e-reader, pull out your phone, and just give yourself a moment. It's fine. You can do that. But if I'm dealing with my emotions, like I'm legit dealing with my emotions, then I have to stop and say, now why am I irritable? Why am I so irritated? Why can't I not ask for help? What's the problem? I mean, no woman is an island, right? It's okay to ask for help. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm apathetic right now. I'm in a very apathetic state of mind. But Ella, it's okay if you are vulnerable. It's okay if, if you say this is too much for me right now. I can't do all of it. That's all right. You know, if I am feeling emotionally aloof, if I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm standoffish, I don't want to fool with folk, I'm feeling a little antisocial right now, I have to be able to give myself permission to say no. I can't be everything to everyone. I can't do it all. I can't be it all because I don't have anything left for me, right? So, you know, to avoid being antisocial and an irritable, non-functioning bunghole, ask for help. Show your softer side. And, you know, it's okay to say no to people. You don't have to be the best at everything. You don't have to be the best for everyone. Right? So, my why, my intentions. I intend, I intend to be, you know, here's the thing. My good intentions have absolutely nothing to do with reading while my e-reader. My road to hell has nothing to do with spending time reading books. My wallowing and enjoyment of all distraction hell has absolutely nothing to do with all of my romance novels that I have been gorging on and then my understanding that distraction hell is so much worse than I ever thought it was has nothing to do with the fact that all three of my children have learned to cook really great dinners and meals. No. My intentions from the very beginning, why I become distracted, because I intend to avoid asking for help. I, I intend to avoid ceding control. I intend to avoid allowing myself to be vulnerable. I intend to avoid disappointing people. Those are my intentions. When I say I'm only going to read for one hour a day, what I'm saying is I'm going to avoid asking someone to help me do anything. When I say I'm going to read only non-romance books, what I'm saying is I intend to avoid being vulnerable because I, I don't want to deal with any of the feelings of inadequacy or feelings of being overwhelmed. So I intend to avoid being vulnerable 
And that's why I'm not going to read romance books. Because as a romance writer, I find a certain degree of vulnerability. I'm still coming to grips with the fact that I write contemporary romance. And for me, it makes me feel vulnerable. So if I, if I say I'm not going to read romance, it, in my mind, right, intentionally avoiding the reading of the genre I write, it's I intend to avoid being vulnerable. And when I, you know, say I, I intend, I intend to, uh, to only, you know, get the free and the Kindle Unlimited books, right? Then what I'm saying is I intend to make everything that I have available for everybody else and relegate what I love to the back burner because I don't want to disappoint people and I don't want people to not be able to depend on me. So when I, those are my intentions. Tell me how crazy it is, right? Because we think that our intentions are for one thing. When I started going through my mind with this and I was, you know, jotting down notes and I said, God, I, I thought I had a reading addiction. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was in distraction hell. But no, not at all. My intention is always more important than what drives me. You understand? That sounds weird. My intention behind my actions are more important than my actions. What I do doesn't really matter. Why I do what I do, that's, that's what matters. So, I have new good intentions. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, I won't descend into hell if I follow them. Here are my new good intentions. I will ask for help when I need it. And I intend to accept that I can't control anything but my response. I intend to acknowledge my own vulnerability and I intend to honor the fact that it's not a weakness, but it is my strength. I intend to meet everyone's standards. Well, let me know. Let me correct that. I accept that I can't make everyone happy. That's my intention. I intend to accept that I can't make everyone happy that I can't meet everyone's standards. And I intend to strive to make me happy and to meet and exceed my standards. So I'm gonna go over them again because I think I was botching them up just a tad. My new good intentions. I intend to ask for help when I need it and accept that I can't control anything but my responses and my actions. I intend to acknowledge my own vulnerability and know it's not a weakness, but my greatest strength. And I intend to accept that I can't make anyone happy. And I'm not obligated to meet anyone's standards. I intend to strive to make me happy and then to set and exceed my own standards. That's light years away from my first set of good intentions. <laughs> and it's crazy how I got here. 
So apparently my e-reading addiction isn't an addiction at all. It's a symptom of my living an unintentional life. Hmm. When I started thinking about this podcast, I didn't expect to end up here. I really didn't. When I started writing it and, and, you know, going through some readings and on intentional set, unintention setting and distractions and technology and I really didn't think I was going to end up here, but I get it now, right? I get it. I 100% understand that there really are only two states of being. You're either intentionally living or you are living by someone else's intentions. And that, wow. You're either intentionally living or you're living someone else's intentions. And that's crazy. I get it. I 100% get it. So the only way to truly live intentionally is to trust that you're good enough to be great. That's the thing. We can trust everybody else is great. We can trust in everybody else's greatness, but it's so hard. It's so hard to look at yourself and really, really know how great you are. That's hard, right? We have to learn to trust the fact that we're created on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. That's the thing. We tend to forget, right? Because we get caught up in the rat race. We do everything that everybody says we're supposed to do. We're, we're good girls, right? We go through school, we, we, we go to college, we get the degrees, we get the good job, we get, you know, a family, a married, a house, a car, we vacation two weeks out of the year, we get, 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 right? And we always forget, okay? We get but we forget that we are not a mistake or an accident. There's nothing to correct in us. We were created on purpose. We were created with purpose. Intentionally we were created and we were created for a purpose. And I am going to go out on a long limb and say that our purpose is not to get anything. But that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother episode. But we need to trust that we are great simply because we are, right? We need to trust that we were created on purpose, with purpose, for a specific purpose. And caveat, it is not to get and consume, right? So just, you know, throwing that out there. Well, this is the very beginning of my, my intentional living journey. And I'm so glad I could start it with my Enchanted Beast. Um, it's interesting and I'm going to keep you guys abreast of how my intentional living practice is going. Um, last season, I kind of neglected my blog, but I, I felt like I should definitely coincide mine 
Ella's Enchanted Life as a romance writer, my blog, um, with my Enchanted Beast podcast because my audience is the same. I want the women and men, maybe, who listen to my podcast, I want you guys to read my novels because although I write contemporary romance, it's basically me. It's this podcast in a book with a lot more sex and profanity. <laughs> yeah, so I want you to be sure to check out my blog. It's ellasenchantedlife.com. Um, I'll put a link in the description along with the notes. But I'll, I'll keep you guys you know, abreast on how my whole big intentional living movement is gone. I got my chakras right last season. I hope you guys enjoyed that series. Um, and so I'm definitely ready to move into more purposeful, purposed, intentional living. Um, and the blog post that correlates with this will be up on Thursday. Um, so be sure to go check it out and subscribe to my blog so that you'll get notifications when I put new material up. Well, wow, this was a great episode. I liked it. Um, please remember that you can call into my show. You just need to do it on Anchor mobile app. And leave me messages if you have questions about anything, if you just want to make some comments, if you want to just say, hey, girl, how you doing, Ella? I'm all for it. I really want to connect with my listeners. And uh, you can leave me a message. I can play it back into my show. Um, so I look forward to hearing from you, um, answering any questions you might have. That's it. That's season two, episode one done and done well you guys are always welcome to come and frolic with me in my enchanted forest I'll talk with you guys next Wednesday be brave be beautiful be enchanted This has been Ella Sean with Enchanted Beast Podcast. Thank you for joining and remember to stay enchanted.